Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And Elijah, just to, you know, change things up, I'm not going to ask Tristan where the heck he is. Uh, yeah, because he's not here, guys. It's true, he's not. Uh, but we do have a very special guest. It's my mom. Hey. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> dear listeners. That may, you may or may not need context. For, and I'm uh, not going to give it, it at all. But yes, Isn't Rebecca, hello. Hi. Have you been on this podcast before? I don't think you've been um, on not, this one. Yeah, not this one. Well, tell the people who you are. Hey, I'm Rebecca Wingett. What's up? <laughs> I'm Ben's mom. That's true. <laughs> All right, on to the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Doug, what did we watch this week? Well, uh, Ben, this week we watched a movie uh, at the request of our lovely guest. Um, called The Wedding Planner, came out in 2001, uh, stars Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Bridget Wilson, Judy Greer, Justin Chambers, Kathy Najimy, Alex Rocco, Fred Willard, Francis Bay, a whole lot of other folks. Um, yeah, uh, now getting into the, uh, to like the nay-gritty of this, of this movie. This movie uh, was directed movie by Adam gritty. Shankman. Uh, yeah, this uh, this movie was directed by Adam Shankman. Uh, anybody got any clue like uh, like any other movies he's done? I don't. Nope. I don't. Did really he care Shankman? Apparently so. Um, In Reno, this movie just was made. <laughs> I hate. I hate both of you. Sorry. Um, if, if this makes it in the podcast, listeners, uh, Ben was just quoting that song before we recorded for no reason. Oh my gosh! All right, y'all. This movie was made for a budget of $35 million. Any guesses on like what its uh, gross was? Don't know. Try um, $95 million. Jeez. Although, to be fair, okay, and this is weird, because this movie got a simultaneous release in America and in Italy, because those were the two markets they were going for interesting really weird but also kind of makes sense when you look at uh how everything works out uh ratings wise this movie has a 5.3 out of 10 on imdb a 33 percent on metacritic and 88 percent on google and the number that i'm particularly interested in a 17 percent rating on rotten tomatoes um this is a thing uh gentlemen have uh, ben and Elijah, have either of y'all seen this movie before? No, but uh, I'm looking at the career of Adam Shankman. Uh, some other notable films that he directed. Uh, 2007's Hairspray. Uh, Shut up. He'd... Cheaper by the Dozen 2. 2005's The Pacifier. Uh, an episode Shut of Monk up. in 2002. This, this man 2002's The Walk to Remember. What? What? I love all of those movies that you just mentioned. This man did not produce and direct the stuff. He did not direct Hairspray. Yes, That's a bold face lie. Look it up. He also directed episodes of Monk. He directed one episode of Monk. Yes. Dude, um, I think Adam Shankman just had like a low period in his I'd career. Say this was towards this the was, beginning of this, his career. I think, I think it's it was the, the first second feature movie. film he... Yeah, first feature film, second movie he ever directed. Yeah. Well, this movie... I read that this movie actually debuted at number one and uh, that J-Lo's album debuted at number one on Billboard the same week, and she's the only person in history to accomplish that. 
So that's cool. Um, that's that's the last thing I'll say about this movie that sounds like praise. So, um, so Rebecca, you're the one who you're the one who recommended this movie to us, and I've got to know what what really gets you going. Why about did you this do movie? this to us? Like, like what? Why this well, movie? Well, well, you guys know that I love me a good rom com. I am the rom com queen, but I hate this rom com. I feel like it's known as one of the best rom-coms like i feel like i've seen this movie on so many lists of like rom-coms you should watch um you know whatever but i hate this one i think it's so bad and uh i just i know we'll get into it but i just think it's a bad representation of what a rom-com should be so i thought it would be interesting if we all chatted about a rom-com that i didn't like (laughs) So, okay, so a little bit of trivia uh, that I just need to throw in here because I just figured it out. Okay, so this movie actually has won two awards, okay? It, it has two awards under its belt. Uh, the first one is a Razzie Award for the worst actress, um, for the worst actress uh, going to Jennifer Lopez. However... This movie also won the prestigious award known as a Kids' Choice Award for Favorite Female Movie Star, also for Jennifer Lopez. Those you awards know, people, are the same thing. You know, people give uh, people give a lot of credit to Halle Berry. I think it was Halle Berry <laughs> who, in the same year, uh, accepted a Best Actress Oscar and a worst actress a worst actress Razzie on this in the same year um but no i'm sorry the true double header is Jennifer Lopez winning both the worst actress Razzie and the be- and the favorite female star kids choice award that's the true dynamic got some more trivia for you <clears throat> yeah hit me so this is the first movie uh that Judy Greer starred in that was a rom-com where the groom leaves the fiance at the wedding. Can any of y'all name the other two films where that happens? That she's been in? That she has been in where the groom leaves the fiance at the wedding. Oh, I'm not. 13 I'm not going on 30. Yes. Um, 27 Dresses? That is correct. Okay, yeah, those are the other two rom-coms that I knew that she was in. I, I see your I pattern. That. I see a pattern there. <laughs> All right. So let's let's dive into this. Uh, Rebecca, why don't you why don't you break it down for us? What's what's the plot of this movie? Okay, so the wedding planner is about a wedding planner named Mary, and she's pretty famous for her wedding planning. It seems like she is um, the one that everybody wants to plan their wedding, and so she gets this client and. And they're pretty, they're vibing, you know, like they're, they seem like they get along well. And yeah, and then one day Mary is just walking around. She's doing something I can't remember. And she has this interesting meet cute where her shoe gets stuck in a pothole and this trash can comes flying down the hill to kill her. And then lo and behold, who to save her, but this really attractive pediatrician 
And so he like takes her to the hospital and basically, basically, you know, saves her life. And it's all like, oh my gosh, wow, so sweet. Only to find out, dun, dun, dun. He is the fiance of one of the weddings that she's planning. And but you also forget that this is after uh, they went to a movie together and almost kissed in the rain. Yes. Oh, yes. And so for the whole entire movie, she is planning this wedding of the guy that she almost kissed in the park who saved her life. Thank you very much, uh, Rebecca. Um, so yeah, this... <sighs> I just, I just want to tell y'all my thought process going through this movie because I te- I was texting Ben while I was watching it because I watched it this morning, um and and this is this is how this conversation went, um okay so, uh so I'm watching the movie for tonight uh and oof I'm three minutes in and struggling, six minutes in and they have said the name of the movie, uh. <laughs> 10 minutes in and we have a deportation joke 20 minutes in and matthew mcconaughey is on the scene dang it i think i might actually like it like this movie j-lo and matthew mcconaughey have seriously good chemistry 30 minutes in we have our first gay joke and then immediately after that oh crap stuff just got real and yeah. that was the point at which we we learned of the the conundrum that oh, our yes. characters find ourselves in. <clears throat> um, Did you keep taking notes in that manner, Doug? No, after that, <laughs> I kind of just stopped. Because okay. uh, we also had, we also had a usage of the R word and mm. uh, there was a trans joke. This I, movie did not age well at all. No, not um, even close, not even a little bit. <laughs> and like I'll, I'll go ahead and say we're not going to spend a lot of time on that um but yeah it, it really didn't there's a lot of just very distasteful things in it um this is this is the way that i look at it. there are other more well-known movies that do the same thing that warrant that level of discussion i feel like yeah um because i feel like any discussion that we have on this is just wasted on the fact that this is kind of a nothing movie yeah well i wouldn't say it's a nothing movie it's just a really bad movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so doug what's the deal with the dance argument what did you mean okay so so there are some things that i do enjoy in this movie first of all uh for those of you who don't know uh jennifer lopez um got her start as a uh as a mu- music performer, as a singer and dancer. Um, and if you ever watch her dance, she's incredible. Like she, she's turned in some pretty good acting performances over the decades, but the woman can dance like nobody's business. And right after we learn, literally as soon as we learn that uh, Steve, Matthew McConaughey's character is engaged to her client um they are thrown into this dance class where they have to tango and it is a first of all it's a solid tango matthew mcconaughey is doing a really nice job um but they're having this very intense argument throughout the whole thing and fred willard is in the background just going like you can't stop dancing you two you can't run from the dance i think he was my favorite character 
Fred Willard, good lord, rest in peace, man. Mm-hmm. But excellent, excellent performance. Because his name was uh, Basil. Yeah, Basil. Um, but no, okay, that's <clears> probably <throat> like the last like thing that I really love in this movie is that dance is that dance argument because I think it gets to show off like I think it gets to show off a side of Jennifer Lopez's career that not a lot of people focus on but it's a really important part of her career mm-hmm. for a reason mm-hmm. and she's very good at it yeah yeah and so I, uh, I, I yeah. think this movie also does pretty well with some of the side characters uh like I know Elijah Rebecca and I talk a good bit throughout the movie about Judy Greer's character um mm-hmm. her name escapes me uh but she essentially Penny. plays Mary's I'm sorry I think her name was Penny wasn't it maybe that uh, sounds right yeah, I've got pulled uh, up. I can figure it out. Okay. Uh, well, she plays Mary's best it's friend uh, slash coworker throughout the film, and was one of the few redeeming qualities of the movie. Yeah, she had some good lines. Mm-hmm. To everyone else, not so much. Well, I think also I think there are a couple like just really intriguing other side characters. Like I think Fred Willard is Basil. Uh, these characters that show up for these bit part roles but clearly you're trying um mm-hmm. and it 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 adds a little something special to the to the movie as a whole um but i think fred willard is really good i really this is this is kind of out there but i just love the fact that kathy najimi is randomly in the first 10 minutes of this movie and then never shows up again so she's the um boss of the agency right yeah, yeah, yeah. She owns the agency. Um, also, I really love the group of old people who play Scrabble together. I think yes. there's a really cute dynamic there. Because yeah. um, keep in mind, dear listeners, this is in the early 2000s where a character in a movie was only defined by their quirks. So you have Jennifer Lopez, <clears throat> who is this who is this incredible wedding planner, this gorgeous woman, but she she loves Scrabble. It's a really <laughs> dorky thing that she loves. She loves Scrabble. She loves playing with these old people and her dad. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. do the same thing with the brown M&Ms. It's like they that's the quirk that they give to Steve. And it's like, oh... He only eats the brown M&M's. How quirky. We love him. Can we please talk about that? We, it's <laughs> on this list later on, but can we please address that? Yes. Yeah, and how so the fact that the logic behind stupid. that is the dumbest thing in the world. Oh, it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, he says... It. Because he it's says the candy coating. He only eats the brown M&M's because chocolate's already brown, so there must not be as much artificial this, coloring. This man is a doctor. He's a pediatrician. This man is a doctor. I'm I'm not saying that a pediatrician is any lesser form than a doctor, but I feel like they go out of their way to really double down on the fact that he is a pediatrician. Oh my gosh, right. They mention it like every chance that they can get. They're like, oh, he's a doctor of the children. Oh, he's so dreamy. He only eats brown (laughs) M&M's. And there are times times when people go up to him and they're like, you're a doctor, right? And he's like, well, I'm a pediatrician. I'm like, well, pediatricians are doctors. Like, they are licensed medical physicians. Um, But no, this this man, just his his quirk is... 
I only eat the brown M&Ms. And I chunk the rest of the ones to the ground. On the ground! (laughs) That is the most first world just, (laughs) yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Just quit your belly aching and eat your M&Ms, Doc. Yeah, tastes the same. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, Well, I don't disagree with the stuff y'all said about the side character, or at least some of the stuff you said. Like, I, I also like the old people playing Scrabble. But I think you guys were a little too generous talking about how good the side characters were. That's They're fair. not that good. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it's 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 like this. In a movie like this, you got to take what you can get. You can either have something that just does. You can either have something that just sucks the life out of you with its pointlessness, or you can have something that is so convoluted and absurd that everything just kind of gets elevated to this height of manic enjoyment. <laughs> um, so is that your way of saying this movie was bad? I'm trying to take what I can get. Yes, exactly. That's 100. That's 1000% what I'm saying. Also real quick. Um, okay. This is weird, but this was a thought that went through my head. Do y'all remember, like, just in the early 2000s where there were a bunch of movies where you had to watch them and it had you had to just go in with the assumption that the characters were filthy, stinking rich. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything that they do is not possible. Because I feel like this is a movie that really just hammered home that point that, like, you need to just that's the leap in logic you need to take is that every single person in here is filthy freaking rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I missed this opportunity to segue earlier, so I'm going to do it now. Um, Doug, do you remember when you said uh, something about it being okay with the whole Scrapple thing? Oh. oh. Well, you did. Uh, and now I'm going to use that to segue. It's funny that you say, okay, about that. Because that's exactly how Massimo proposes, and Jennifer Lopez says yes. She it's, uses a Scrabble board to spell okay, not yes. Yeah. He okay. He proposes to her, and rather than speak words, <laughs> he looks at the Scrabble board and says, "Do I have a Y? No. All right. Okay. <laughs> how How's that for a segue?" Ben, I hate you. I, How adorable. I, I wanted I to do it in the moment, you. but y'all moved on too quickly. Uh, but yes. Well, then the... change your move. No. I was really <laughs> proud of that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, something I was not proud of was the uh, arranged marriage plotline in this movie because it was bad. And then they have the dad come in and say, well, I had an arranged marriage and it worked out. And then at the end, it's like, well, I'm real glad he didn't marry that guy because this is what also, I wanted, not what you wanted. Also, the entire reason that we have a an arranged marriage plotline in this movie is just to have some conflict between... We literally just need a reason for Matthew McConaughey's character, Steve, to be like, you can't say that I'm that bad because you also apparently are engaged to someone. That's literally the entire reason that we have that plot point. Yeah, because... Go go ahead, Rebecca. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, because there's so many opportunities where she could have been like, hey, um, actually, we're not really engaged. Like there were literally so many long pauses mm-hmm. where she just was like, I know you guys can't see me, but like, oh, that was annoying. But keep going. When he showed up, he shows up at the vineyard at, first of all, like major stalker vibes on good old, uh, thank you i can never remember his name um but like he just randomly shows up at this vineyard and he's like yeah your father said that you were gonna be here so i figured i would come um yeah and and i'm sitting there this entire scene i'm like just say that you're not engaged just say that you're not engaged why are you not saying that you're not engaged Mm -hmm. this is so freaking stupid (laughs) yeah it was dumb yeah it's contrived conflict because uh-huh. that's going to make the story interesting. The story needed a little shot of something and that's what they went with. <laughs> Even though he came on too strong and then kind of stalked her a little bit at that <laughs> venue. I really liked him as a character. Like I thought he was really sweet. He, he turns he out better. okay. He turns so, out okay in the end. So hear me out. I think that the actual two best characters in this movie, let me rephrase that. I think that Massimo is like, it does become a much better character by the end. But I think that actually like the best person, like if we're judging like a person, if a person is good or not, I think the actual best person is probably Fran. Um, Because like, I... I like the fact that the movie didn't go down the traditional uh, finds out finds out her fiance was cheating on her and then leaves him in like a jealous rage. Mm-hmm. It li- like I like the fact that they had her sort of say, "I don't really know why I'm marrying him either." Like, like I'm not really interested in marrying him anymore. I I can appreciate that. Also, well, I, I love the actress. I love the actress who plays Fran. So, like, that might just be a little bit of favoritism. But yeah, go on, Rebecca. Well, I actually didn't like that because I felt like that was them being like, "Oh, it's fine that he basically cheated on her because she didn't really want to marry him anyway." So, like, right. it's that's fine. Fair. That's fair. Right. So the whole movie is about people who say, "Yes, I'll commit to you," and then they meet someone else and go just kidding or Mm -hmm. the person they committed to meet someone else and they're like yeah i didn't really mean it either Mm -hmm. commitment doesn't mean anything to these people at all like these people like steve and mary are probably gonna have that olivia newton john song at their wedding (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and it reminds me of okay in spite of what i'm about to say rebecca and i do get along well I usually don't like rom-coms and I usually go into watching a new rom-com thinking, ah, it's just another rom-com. You know, I'm probably not going to like it that much. Probably get a few chuckles out of it and predict where the plot's going every step of the way. That's generally how it goes. Um, But sometimes I go into one with high hopes and one such instance was sleepless in Seattle. So (laughs) little little bit of spoilage for anyone who hasn't seen that old movie but i went into sleepless in seattle thinking i was gonna like it 
because everybody raves about it so much and i like the act the the leading actors who are in it well then i watched it and learned sleepless in seattle is actually the saga of a poor man named walter who didn't do a dang thing wrong and meg ryan just leaves him for tom hanks because she liked listening to him on the radio and she did she decides she didn't like walter because he has bad allergies and medical issues and she says babe i'm gonna leave you and he just says yeah i understand <laughs> he's like he's like i would leave me too. go on and be with tom hanks <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a fan of that one either and i just felt like it was boring fran is another walter that's what i think hmm. interesting man and see that isn't it isn't it interesting that they felt like they needed to contrive some conflict with uh, Massimo being engaged to Mary? Meanwhile, they had Fran, who could have been, you know, when she realizes she's getting broken up with, she could have led to a serious conflict. And instead, they were like, she'll be OK with it and then drive. Off. Or she could have, you know, found out about Steve and Mary sooner, because honestly, I don't think she actually finds out. No, she doesn't. No. Like that's You're never right. resolved. She never just leaves and goes on the honeymoon by herself, completely oh, by man. herself. Which also, can we can we talk about that for just a second? Like, because I don't think this is the first movie that's done that. Um, in a rom com, like just send the person who is either left at the altar or who is cheated on to just go to the honeymoon by themselves. But like, how? miserable would that be honestly that's what i was thinking like how do like we, um it, yeah it would be pretty bad um i said it happened in friends a few times it did. um mrs Geller, why are you crying <laughs> that was like a very deep cut line from friends See, okay, so speaking of friends, so we were watching this, and about the time that um, that was revealed that Steve was with Fran, I was just like, are we going to get a uh, I, Ross, take the Rachel um, <laughs> moment? Because <laughs> I'm kind of down for it, but also, that's so stupid. Honestly, I think that would have been better well, than what we got. When it I still would have been bad, but course what they ended up doing with their um does anyone object to this union scene was once somebody finally speaks up everybody goes oh thank god (laughs) um but whenever i see uh does anyone object to this union scene i'm always trying to see the window in the back of the chapel to see if there's a donkey flying up in the air to look through it (laughs) being thrown hypothetically by an ogre beneath that's what i think of (laughs) That's good. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it's so it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um also like and I feel like this is something um I feel like this is something that kind of is a trope of like early two thousands rom coms in that Everyone in the life of the person who of the main character, um, usually the woman who falls in love, um, everyone in her life like knows that she's in a terrible situation, but does nothing to get her out of it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, that's true. And what then, the heck? Yeah, and then when it's all over, they're like, "Oh yay, we wanted to tell you, but oh my gosh, didn't. they were so bad for you!" Like, can you imagine? Okay, this is information that would have been useful to me yesterday. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of Ben. Ben's relationship with me, because. <laughs> past girls that that he was like oh yeah you should ask her out and then when it didn't work out he'd always I say i do not advise you to marry them <laughs> okay all right fine <laughs> when it didn't work out ben would always say i think you dodged a bullet and i'd be like what well, you told me to ask that bullet out <laughs> i just wanted you to be happy all right speaking of being happy you know who was happy in this movie fran's parents they oh are freaking relationship goals. They I want are. a movie about those two. Right. They actually are. They were the <laughs> cutest dang couple in this whole movie. They they actually are adorable together. Yeah, I liked that a lot. That was good. Yeah, they're 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 very cute. I like the fact also that like like I think it's rare in rom coms um to just see a couple that's like a together both of them are still alive <laughs> and b um they're like genuinely in love with each other mm-hmm. and i i do like the fact that we got that here even though they're not in the movie long because they're also supposed to be like comedic foils or not foils but like just just like comedic, comedic side characters yeah, yeah. um and like they are snobby rich people, but they're funny snobby rich people. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have enjoyed the movie more if it was about them. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Look, look. Just, just give me a, just give me a movie where two people fall in love through like normal means, um, and they get married, and you know they have their ups and downs, but like ultimately, like they're still, they're still in love with each other. Like just, 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 just give me that. You know what I want? Have y'all seen Raya and the Last Dragon? Yes. I told you okay. that you should see it. Uh, Doug, didn't I? No, wait, I saw it with Tristan. Never mind. Uh, well, there's a short that they play before Raya and the Last oh Dragon. Oh my gosh. I know exactly what you're talking about. adorable yes. short in the, in the world. What's it about called? This, yes. Um, I don't know. I'll I don't find know, out. but Keep I'm pretty talking, sure it's then. on Disney Plus. Uh, Keep but talking, it's about then. this like older couple who, like when they were younger, would like always go dancing. And like it's a story of like them kind of like falling back in love with each other. It's the cutest thing. It's called um, Us Again. Us Again. It is the cutest thing. Give me that in a movie. Oh, I like that. I it's just so see sweet. you guys. I love rom com so much, and I could go on a rant about how rom coms are portrayed, but I won't because we don't have enough time for that. Uh- Sure. However, you can go off. You can go off. Oh, dude, it's like a whole long thing that I can talk about. But I just it bothers me because, like, okay, hold on, let me think. So in this movie, you know, like the guy is engaged. She's the wedding planner. She's planning his wedding to another woman who she's kind of friends with because they really hit it off from the beginning and even built a relationship. Cause remember like she told Fran, like I met this or she indirectly told Fran that she met this guy 
and like told Fran about like the whole scene in the park and whatnot and then Fran was all like oh my gosh you were so googly for him so like they built a tiny little friendship you know as much as like a client and a wedding planner can but and then she like uh, I don't know I just I really don't like that and I don't want this to come across as like I think that rom-coms are romanticized certain things because that's a whole nother story but it just bothers me because I know a lot of people who think that this is such a great movie and such a great rom-com and they want to put it on the list of all the great rom-coms when it's like no there are so many other great rom-coms out there where (laughs) the guy isn't engaged to this other woman and falls for his wedding planner like that's where the guy doesn't cheat on his fiance with whom he's in a loveless relationship yeah and then what else kills me is that he I felt like he kept trying to make something happen with Mary and Mary kept being like no dude I work for you Mm -hmm. and he still kept I don't know like when he left her apartment because he was like oh it's getting late and then he came back and he was like trying to start something up and she was all like dude I work for you like you gotta go like he just kept coming back and that was just ugh, gross. no means no yeah like like and also and also like I I take greater greater issue with the fact that steve sees no problem in this no no like throughout the entire movie like the blame and the stress and the 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 pressure is put on mary entirely and no one's like has steve like taken even a little bit of responsibility for this and the answer is no well the one time somebody says something about steve it's when fran does uh when um when they're at the vineyard and fran says how could someone do that to you uh i forget the exact line but she essentially called him a sleaze uh but it's immediately forgotten because massimo shows up and is like hey we're engaged too and it's just like you're completely completely just took any like ill that can be said towards um steve and just threw it out the window and also and also the the moment when fran tells mary like you know like i i'm kind of struggling with this marriage i don't know that i can actually go through with it um like mary does not take that opportunity to be like you know you probably shouldn't because you're because your uh fiance like has been trying to get with both of us and he sees no problem with this yeah like I, I didn't like that either because it was just this whole and she lied to her face like that bothered me because I felt like Mary was doing like I don't know she was trying to be like yo Steve this isn't cool like you need to go home I work for you and blah 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 and then she sat there and lied to Fran about all of this stuff that Steve had said supposedly when he didn't say those things and she was just willingly going to let her marry this guy and I know that it probably gets more complicated but just 
I will say I think she meant well in doing it, um, but it was steps. Yeah, I I think it's a hindsight is twenty twenty. Like I think if she looked back and was like, I shouldn't have done that. Doug, you talking about? um, I forgot McConaughey's character's name. Steve, Steve. Eddie, his role in this reminded me that um, the movie has a little uh, boys will be boys moment when he's. He's talking about uh, his little quote unquote date with Mary before she knew he was engaged. And he he's trying to defend himself. And at one point he says, maybe I was just being a guy. <laughs> I don't think Gross. that's think that's what it takes to Gross. be a guy. I don't think that's what that means. Mm-hmm. And and once again, like, I mean, like this is like the early 2000s where needless to say like every single person in movies were just like horrible people with the exception of toby mcguire's spider-man in which everyone's perfect ah. um but um but yeah like i mean like you you can't write that off as just like as just like well that's his quirk yeah he's he this character's quirk is infidelity <laughs> right right <laughs> that's not a quirk fellas that's that's a i think that's one of the seven deadly sins i think start to finish this movie is just problematic yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it's a sleazy movie yeah mm-hmm. and almost every single person in this movie is just a bad person yeah <laughs> yeah Thing, one hundred percent. Oof. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is that what you're giving this movie? Well, let's find out. Uh, why don't we take just a second? Uh, do y'all have anything else to add about yeah. this movie? All right, uh, sweet. Wait, well, wait, wait. Uh, Rebecca, did you want to talk about the mac and cheese? Oh, but I mean, I kind of already said that I really liked uh, Asimo's right. character. I thought, okay. We may not have like explicitly go. mentioned the mac and cheese, but I think it's fine. Right. Well, I'll just say it. I thought that that scene was the most romantic scene in the whole entire movie because even though he came on strong, she was like, yo, dude, we are not engaged. And he's like, okay, well, let's just be friends. And like, he really wanted to be friends with her because they were friends when they were little. And he really wanted to make her an American dish. And so he made her dinner. And yes, it was craft mac and cheese from a box, but he made it for her. And like, they sat down to this nice dinner and had this really good conversation. And you could just really see that he cared for her and that he really liked her and then that that line that he says when he's like you long for him the way i long for you oh gosh that broke my heart but i liked his character i thought he was really sweet and i did i thought that was the most romantic scene in the whole entire movie so i see what you're saying uh about you know you said that you know they were friends when they were younger were they (laughs) no (laughs) i don't think they were They knew well, they each other. They grew up other. together, but she did not like him. Okay, fine. Well, all. they knew each other. Yeah. Um, and also, I see what you're saying, Rebecca, but you said that's the most romantic scene in the movie. I don't know if that takes a whole lot. <laughs> see, all I was thinking about was the fact that uh all I was thinking about was the fact that as I was watching that scene, I knew that Ben was making mac and cheese. Sure. Um, <laughs> 
It's very good mac and cheese too. That that's all that's all that was running through my head was Ben's. It was mac not craft mac and cheese though. No, ben is Massimo. No. That makes Rebecca Massimo's mom. Hey. <laughs> Then I have a question to ask you in regards to that after we finish recording this podcast <laughs> then. Yeah, and uh, Ben, we may have some audio in the last four minutes that needs to be cut. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll trim this down. All right. Well, with all that said, folks, let's take just a second and let's score this sucker. All right. Well, if this is your first time listening, we use a pretty simple scale here at Setting the Skeen and say 1 to 100 scale, where a 100 means that it is a perfect movie. It has absolutely no flaws uh, and it cannot be broken. Uh, a 1 means that it is a steaming pile of turds. So who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, okay. I don't really have a justification for the score. It's just I was thinking about scoring this movie and this number just popped into my head and i was like okay fine i'll go with that um, i'm gonna give this movie a 37 it's uh it's pretty bad thank you thank you for coming to my ted talk i think that's way too nice to this film um like i said earlier i think from start to finish this movie is very problematic um there are i'm gonna say that there are three likable characters in the entire movie um Fran's parents and then uh the one old guy at the scrabble table uh, who was also the like security officer in the park. He was my favorite character. I don't remember his name. Um, what about Basil? Basil was good too. Okay, four. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to give this movie a 12. <laughs> nice. Yay. That might actually be the lowest score that's ever been given on this show. I nice. hated this movie. Ooh. Oh, And I oh made that very gosh. vocal while it we is were bad. watching the movie. It is bad. It is bad. Yeah. Um, what is it with people that they just think whatever you think is best for you right now, that's what you should do. Screw commitment. Screw how this may affect other people and how they may feel. They don't matter. Follow your heart. What is with you people? That's such bullcrap. Anyway, I'm going to follow my heart which is telling me <laughs> to give this movie a 26. Okay. Very <laughs> nice. I mean, even that may be too generous because I would struggle to find anything about this movie that I liked. <laughs> a, a lovely little ballad from Elijah Walls. <laughs> right. Bring us home, Rebecca. Okay. Well, ooh, you guys are going to be shocked at what I'm about to give it because I guess I'm just a nice person. But number two, I just really love Massimo and I love that macaroni scene and I love the, I love Fran's parents. And honestly, like sitting through it wasn't that terrible. Like I laughed a good bit just at the ridiculousness of it. So I was going to give it a 48, <laughs> which is four times what Ben was going to give it. <laughs> hey, that's fine. And that's fine. Still very much indisputably a failing grade. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we, we all agree this movie does not pass. Oh right. no, no, no! It's terrible. Yeah, I just think not it's worse the worst than y'all did. It, it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Not it as is. bad as Fifty First Dates, but that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, after plugging that all into our patented scoreometer, uh, we have a final score of a thirty point seven five. 
and I can live with that. Right. It failed, folks. It 100% failed. All right. Well, Ben, I got a question for you. What's what up, Doug? Where are we watching next week? Well, Doug, I am glad you asked. Uh, we are watching the eighth film ever created by Quentin Tarantino. It came out in 2015. It is The Hateful Eight. Um, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, a whole bunch of other folks. Um, be sure to join us next week when we talk about that. It's going to be a good time. I uh, hope you enjoyed us uh kind of trashing on the wedding planner and by kind of i mean utterly and completely yeah <clears throat> yeah it was um, a fun time hey and rebecca thanks for coming on yeah hey, thanks for, coming thanks on for and, having me maybe we'll course. do another rom-com that maybe we'll do a better a one, one. Yeah. hear me out maybe hear me out <laughs> the wedding singer <laughs> i've never seen is, that one. Oh, it's really good i'm a big fan big fan uh, it's adam sandler and drew barrymore all over again oh i don't know if i can subject myself it's a, to that i think i think you'll actually like it i think you'll actually uh, like it we'll see maybe i don't know I, that's not on the schedule right now but maybe one day uh but yeah <laughs> be sure to keep up with vitamin media and all the cool stuff that we do uh new episodes of setting the skein every wednesday and new episodes of tea with doug g we are still trying to figure that out Um, we are still trying to figure that out uh back in the fall uh with doing episodes of tea with doug g every monday but doug's going to camp doug are you even gonna be on next week huh are you gonna be on next week uh great question okay great question maybe 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 um but yeah uh also follow us also follow us on social media at vitor media uh we're on facebook twitter instagram and yeah Until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Elijah. And she's Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. I didn't know that I was supposed to do something. Sorry, we didn't tell you. Um, But yeah, that's Rebecca. (laughs) Say bye, Rebecca. Bye, everybody. (laughs) And this has been Setting the Skein. Y'all have a great week. (laughs) 